0: GMP. My God, guys, you are in for a treat today. Welcome to the Video Game Movie Podcast, one of our special retro episodes. This is where we re-upload episodes from back in the dark days before we joined the Impala Films Network. Uh, these are season one episodes that we're giving a light, a light touch up to, make them sound a little better, things like that. And the film we're talking about today, well, it's actually a series, but my God, I would bet Dollars to Donuts none of you have ever heard of it. You probably clicked this title being like, huh, the boys are reviewing porn now, eh? (laughs) This is Sega Hard Girls, and trust me, you're not far off. This is basically Sega porn. It's it's, it's chibi anime girls. Interacting with Sega characters. Yeah, they're designed to look like, or quote-unquote look like, the video game consoles of Mega Drive, Saturn, Dreamcast. Uh, but realistically, it's just a, a reason to have what the Japanese will consider sexy animu girls. Considering it's high school girls, I don't want to jump myself into that bracket. Uh, yeah, there's... I mean it's niche you'll as you hear the episode you'll hear just how detailed the actual research on this series was for a series that no one bloody knows about we hope you enjoy it if you want to see all of the different references and let's be honest with this series there is a metric ton of references so I had to split it up across eight different blogs f- because there's just... It's, every episode is wall-to-wall references to different Sega series, and they're all different. Like I've never seen anything so chock-full of references. It, m- honestly, there's so many in here, it makes Wreck-It Ralph look like it's missing references to gamings. It's insanity. And to think that it's all just Sega... As yeah. well, yeah, it's there's so many references. It's all, say, you're like, Jesus Christ. Imagine if Nintendo did one of these, which we do actually question in the show that you're about to hear. That's the birth of Bintendo. That is the birth of Bintendo. Um, before we let you move on to the episode, you can go to www.vgmovie.co.uk and... If you go there, you can find the link to our Discord, so you can get involved in the chat. Either ask us about Sega Hard Girls. If you've seen it, please get involved in the chat and let us know what your thoughts are on it. If you got anything out of it, or just how freaking weird you think it is. (laughs) Because it is freaking weird. Uh, And you can also find the subtitle file. I did the first translation for the uh, 14th special episode. So, uh, that's an exclusive for VGMP, if you so wish it. Uh, If you're really that desperate to learn more about Sega Heart Girls, because I was stupidly nerdy enough to do it. Also, on www.vgmovie.co.uk, you can find a link to our blog site, and on uh, on the blogs, if you search the term VGMP, it will show you a list of the blogs that show all the references. So, if you want to find out what all the references are, episode by episode, and character by character, etc., you can go there for that other than that we hope you enjoy the episode catch us all on our other impala series as well and uh yeah we'll catch you next time good evening everybody and welcome to another episode of Video Game Movie Podcast. I shortened the name slightly <laughs> because Video Game The Movie The Podcast, while perfectly decent for a joke about video games, it was just incredibly long and hard to market. <laughs> and I realized that there is no other video game movie podcast. So actually, I thought I'll swipe in there and Nab that while we have it. Take the simplistic route. Absolutely. Keep things simple, like my simple self. Because the audience are too stupid to understand complexity. That was almost Eggman-like, like like Robotnik-like. (laughs) Stupid! Well, (laughs) someone needs to be doing Eggman, because they certainly didn't do it in this. Oh, so that's a little sneak preview of what's coming up. So we've just watched... What you've probably already gathered by the name of the episode, Sega Hard Girls. Also known as High School say ha, ha Girls. No, Say-Ha Girls. Say-Ha Girls. Yeah, it's say ha Ga Ga Academy. Dear Lord. So we should explain, because I, I imagine outside of maybe about 30 people in the universe, nobody knows what this series is, nor has ever heard of it before. In fact, I can attest to this for this simple reason. I asked a question... About this show. In three Sega-dedicated Discord chats and posted on it in a Sega-dedicated forum. Not one person came back acknowledging that they even knew what the show was. Mm. Any acknowledgments I got were, I don't know what you're talking about. So... Amongst Sega fans, this is almost completely unknown. And yet the show must have an audience somewhere. Well, in Japan, most likely. they thought it was worth releasing it on Blu-ray. And I'm glad about that, because I like to have my things in high-quality... Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, Let's be honest here. We just watched this on Blu-ray, and it was not what one would call high quality. No, I had to import this from America. Don't don't. This this cost me more money than I would like to admit. It cost me about forty quid Jesus to import Christ. this Blu-ray of thirteen episodes. It didn't even have the special. And the thirteen episodes are twelve minutes long each. You got ripped off. And it's... Bear in mind, it was only 40 quid. The actual thing itself was probably about 25, Mm. but then you've got delivery, postage, and import Import fees. So it cost a pretty penny to import this, and then it wouldn't play on any Blu-ray player. The only reason we got to watch it was because I ripped it to a digital format. Because otherwise, I'd have a disc that I couldn't watch. Why wouldn't it play as Blu-rays region locked like DVDs are? Yes. 4K Blu-rays that this isn't, and most things that we're going to watch are very unlikely to be. They're mostly region free. There's a couple that have a region lock, But generally nowadays, I think companies have cottoned on to the fact that region locking doesn't do anything except piss off your customers. Plus, if you sell a copy of your film in america and you don't sell it anywhere else mm. if someone buys it from america and imports it you're still making the sale yeah. so i think that's they've just gotten around to the fact that it's kind of a waste of our time and it's just annoying consumers that would potentially buy our product and it just stops them doing so but anyway yeah so this was region locked uh, to region a so anyway we need to explain what the show is uh, did you want to do that oh oh yes Oh, yes. I think I think I should add polish to whatever you say <laughs> um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is a show that was designed by people who had ingested more crack cocaine than Charlie Sheen <laughs> in winning this, in this show three of Sega's uh most famous consoles the sega mega drive the sega saturn and the sega dreamcast are reimagined as school because of course they are it's japan this this might be the most japanese thing that has ever happened i think it might be basically you have these three girls who are these little chibi characters modelled after the three consoles, and they go to an academy where they're going to learn video game history? Yeah, Sega video game Sega history. Sega. Specific. Nintendo don't exist in this universe, by the way. Like, they are never... Correct <laughs> neither, me if I'm wrong. Neither no, Sony. Yeah, no other games company is acknowledged, are they? No, because they... I, I, to be fair, I think this was so low budget, they couldn't afford the rights... It would be interesting, though, if there was, like, a Nintendo Hard Girls and then they did a game with them together. I actually, to be honest, I'd buy that game. Right. Can you imagine N64 having three arms? Jesus. (laughs) To go with the controller. Oh, (laughs) The Switch would be like Two-Face from Batman. Oh, that'd be amazing. That would be cool, actually. And then you'd have the Wii, who's just like the alcoholic drinking in the guy I used to be famous. No, the Wii would be the popular one that's vapid and boring. (laughs) Yeah. But everyone likes it because it's popular. Anyway, basically, they have to, for their lessons, they basically get teleported into different classic Sega games. Yep. And the animation style is this weird mix of actual game footage and low-budget CGI animation. And I'm going to be straight up with you guys. This show makes no sense. No sense at all. But what about the emotional hook? What emotional hook? Well, in the end, when... you well, emo- you not cry? So the emotional hook was based on lies in which somebody, <laughs> somehow, Sega Saturn and Sega Dreamcast get it into their head that they were well-loved all around the world. No, they don't know. They just assume that they're going to be well-loved around they the assume. world. They assume. Oh, that is tragic then. That is, that sad. is, that is tragic. Um, so essentially, at the end of the series, spoiler alert, by the way, so, but, I mean... Uh, Honestly, even if we did an episode-by-episode breakdown, you wouldn't believe us that this shit is happening (laughs) in these episodes. You just go, no, that's lies. In fact, most of you are probably thinking we've made this up so far already in some sort of weird fever dream. Um, But yeah, at the end, they graduate, and they're told that the reason for their graduation is so that they basically earn the right to stop being thoughts in their inventors' heads... And to become actual consoles in the real world, so essentially they die almost because it says you 'll be reborn as actual as hardware consoles, yeah, so they go off to do this, and obviously, on the proviso that they believe that they're going to become these well cherished well loved it 's almost religious culty isn 't it really yeah. I suppose because commit your suicide, my followers, yeah. and you 'll be rewarded in the next life it 's almost that for that to not pay off for them necessarily because unfortunately Sega weren 't As much as I think they, certainly with the Dreamcast, they deserve to win that generation, hands down. They weren't the victors of that generation. They couldn't even scratch the surface of the sales of the PlayStation 2. It's quite sad. Well, imagine if it actually ended with, like, Saturn, let's say, coming into the real world, cut to real-world footage of a Saturn, dusty, on-the-shelf... In a CX. <laughs> With a ten pound price tag, oh. as as some some you know some kid wanders over and, the, this, and, and, and and the mum is like, oh little little Timmy, do you want this for Christmas? And he's like, no, mum, that sucks. I want this, and pulls out like a gleaming PlayStation Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I think that would be the more honest ending. And, and the PlayStation Five should be animated as a muscular dude, bro. Oh, He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, bro, you totally want me, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm the hardware for you, man. So the girls, how they're designed? Uh, honestly, go and look these up because obviously audio is not going to give you quite as much visual information as the pictures. But Dreamcast has almost like an effigy of the Dreamcast controller on her forehead, including the VMU. A, a, head, a headband is yeah. the Dreamcast controller. That's right, and her chest area has the top mould of the, yeah, of the Dreamcast. Her knees have VMUs, I yeah. don't know if you noticed that, and there's points where she'll connect to the internet and she'll go through Dream Passport, which was the Japanese browser, mm-hmm. very similar to Key, which was the European browser, mm-hmm. And nothing like Planet Web, which is the god-awful American browser, but that's a story for a different day, and, for a different conversation. And let's be... let's While you're saying this, let's be fair to this show. The one thing, the one value that this show has is that the people who wrote it clearly did a lot of research. Yes. Because there are so many references to the consoles in the character design. Yeah. Like you say, she tries to connect to the internet. I must admit, this, this, this did get a laugh out of me. In the very first episode, she goes, let me connect connect to the internet and it plays anyone who's as old as we are will remember the sound of dial up internet yep <laughs> and you hear her trying to connect to the modem only to be bounced back out because there's a charge yeah for doing it in the she day. can't afford the daytime charge she has to wait for the free nighttime calls yeah which is insane to think that they i mean this series for anyone who's interested is from 2013 2014 so even for that point it was a good 10 years out of date that joke But it still obviously works brilliantly for this series. Let's go through some of the references that the show makes outside of just the three consoles themselves. I'm going to cover some of the games that are referenced. And I say some, it's quite a few of the games that are referenced, but there are more that I'm not telling, simply because noting all of them down for this podcast would be, I think, a bit much. So there's Shadow Dancer, which Mm -hmm. was one of the Shinobi games. There's Space Harrier, outrun his reference in the first episode. Fantasy Zone, which is the side-scrolling shooter on the Master System. Fantasy Star Online 2. Rumania, which is a weird one to go for, which is a Dreamcast game where you uh, basically tr- look after a man in his house. It's almost like a life simulator. Think of it as a one-man Sims. Golden Axe is referenced quite strongly as is Gilius Thunderhead, the green dwarf character of that series. Space Channel 5 is in this. There's even a reference to 16T, which almost nobody in the universe will know. Yeah, I don't know 16T. So 16T? 16T is a Mega Drive game that never saw a physical release. It only got released on the Mega Drive itself in a very brief time period. You had to download it via one of the Mega Drive modem services in Japan. And it's a very... They had, sh- they had downloads available back then? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the Sega Channel and stuff was about. I've never heard of the Sega Channel before. It's not i heard of Sega Channel. It used Sky via a satellite dish, and you could download games. In the early 90s? In the early, well, mid-90s. It was close to the mid-90s. Wow. But, yeah, no, they, mate, look up modem services for the Mega Drive and the Saturn. You'll, you'll find that there's quite a lot. Mm. Have you heard of the Satellaview for the SNES? That was a very similar... No. No, okay. And in the late 80s, early 90s, they had one for the NES, but again, only in Japan there's fascinating internet connectivity on consoles has been going on for a long time dreamcast honest, was just the first one to have it out of the box I, I honestly thought it was dreamcast was the first one to ever do it no i've got um i've got a, a, an official modem for my sega Saturn, but it goes in the cartridge slot at the back which is normally mm. reserved for the memory card and i've got a cartridge called x-band mm. for my mega drive which was an unofficial internet multiplayer cartridge You put it in, and a bit like Sonic & Knuckles, you put the game in on top, Top, so it's a -a lock-a-lock-on. And it essentially... I don't know all the technical specifics, but say you were playing the original Mortal Kombat. It would assign Player 2 to someone else over the internet. Mm -hmm. So you'd be... Essentially, whoever's playing with you over the internet, their controller would be Player 2 on your game. How bad was the lag have been back then? Quite bad, but there was an x pan for the SNES as well. Actually, in a weird way... So according to the people that are trying to revive X band, one of the problems with trying to revive it over a modern internet line is that digital connections add too much lag. Right. So actually they were more feasible on a modem like a dial up side because it was all analog. Okay. Than they are on digital because you have to account for digital lag which is weird. <laughs> it's like, as someone who's not technical, I, that blows my mind. But yeah, so 16T was on that, and the only reason I know of 16T, because I didn't have a Japanese Mega Drive during the early 90s in Japan, is because it was available on a service called Dream Library. On the Dreamcast, on Dream Passport 3, Urban, and Dream Passport Premiere, which were the browser disks for the Dreamcast in Japan, they actually had a built-in Mega Drive emulator, mm. and a built-in Graphics or PC Engine emulator. We're still trying to get the PC Engine emulator running. Someone has done, but they won't share their information because they're douches. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> basically, the Mega Drive emulator is fully working. It's a bit naff on sound. One of the test games for that, to test your download for free, was 16T. So that's how I knew that game. And that's just, <laughs> it's just a game where you walk around a platformer throwing 16-ton weights onto enemies to kill them. Oh, that's what the weight in the classroom is. Yeah, yeah, is. the 16T weight, yeah. So that's really rare. You've got Dynamite Decker is referenced quite heavily in this. In the West, it was called Die Hard Arcade. So anyone who's played Die Hard Arcade at the arcade or on the Sega Saturn, that's basically Dynamite Decker. Dynamite Decker 2 was released on the Dreamcast, and in the West, that was called Dynamite Cop. Jet Set Radio is referencing in this. they go into that world twice. Knights is shown in this as uh, as just a, as a character model. Border Break is an arcade shooter, which I've never played because it was only in Japanese arcades. There's a Shining Force game called X-Cross, I think, uh, which I've never played either. That's in this. Sonic shows up in this, as does Eggman. Woody Pop, an old... Mark 3 game is shown in this Project Rub which is a Nintendo DS touchscreen game where you have to rub girls to make made them love you Sega, made by Sega yeah it was actually made by Yuji Naka who designed and made Sonic how the Mighty of Fallen. <laughs> it's actually not a bad game, but it's a bit weird and pervy. of um, Has- the Dead 2 is referenced in this, Virtue Fighter's in this, Hang On is referenced in this, an old Master System game called Quartet is not referenced in this, and maybe the weirdest one is an early SG 1000 game from 1983 called Congo Bongo. Mm. Is referenced in this with a naked gorilla. With it, well, because the gorilla would be naked, and the... so there's an episode where there's a talent show with all the girls, and you get images of all the other girls, including Mega Drive Two, Mega CD, Mega CD Two, SG One Thousand Mark Three, and you've got Game all gear. of the girls. Game Gear's in there, Genesis, <laughs> also known as Jenny, who is a cowgirl because that's the American name of the Mega Drive. All of these things are referenced in there. And then in the end, Congo Bongo wins because the gorilla character in there is naked. Now they talk about you know the winner would be naked, but they don't say it as naked. They reference it as we will spillage. reward. Yeah, we will reward someone showing spillage, yes, which is quite we, possibly the worst way. We you would could like phrase your that. hefty bosoms to spill from your bra. I, I, um, I, I could imagine that a translation error, or is that literally a Japanese phrase? I mean, that's that's the official translation, but I imagine. Don't know which is whether it's a translation error or if it's what. I hope it's a translation because I'd hate to think that there's someone out there telling a woman that he loves their spillage. (laughs) There is, there is. See, it's making me think of another part of female body. (laughs) Yes. Well, uh, well, anybody's body does can can interfere with spillage. Uh, Let's (laughs) let's be clear on something here though before we move on. Yes. Is because as I'm sure the audience can guess for themselves, this show is redonkulously low budget. Yes. Um, It's an ugly-looking show. Uh, It doesn't look good at all. I would argue yes and no on that. Right. Um, I think when it's within its own world, it looks just fine because everything matches. And actually, the points where they're in the Jet Set Radio world work fine as well because mm. Jet Set Radio's world is cell shaded so it's designed with that kind of character design in mind Yeah. but when they're in something like Border Break which is a realistic mech shooter yeah it completely throws you off yeah. and when they're trying to jump between in game graphics and then Animate. their own animations it's quite jarring Yeah. so I think Taken Within Itself it is very basic animation I will grant you that um, but In its own way, it's rendered well enough Mm. to be pleasing to the eye, but because they spend so much time in other worlds which don't match the art style, it becomes ugly very quickly. Yeah, and it's not just the visuals, it's the distinct lack of any voice acting outside of like the three main characters or so. Um, So as we've already said... uh, in a certain episode, Dr. Robotnik and Sonic turn up yes two characters not known for uh, being not not known for being men of few words yeah. let's say and literally nothing not so much as an evil cackle from Dr. Robotnik. yeah I mean they must have had a laughter voice line from one of the Sonic adventure games they could use stuff or... yeah they just didn't bother doing anything and because they couldn't record new lines I'm guessing because of a low budget, they referenced that as a joke. Mm. In certain parts of the series, but we said, didn't we? It's watching it. It fe- being being both fans of Sonic, yeah, and the the whole Sonic franchise, it's very weird, almost mm. off-putting to yeah. watch Sonic and Robotnik on a on a show, On a show, where neither are saying anything, and all, all Sonic does whenever they ask him anything is he just and he smiles and gives them a thumbs up, like yeah. he's Roger fucking Ebert, yeah. That episode for me is one of the worst and it should be one of the best because I love Sonic and for you it should have been one of the best. But because of that, you have two distinct issues. Number one, it feels disingenuous having those characters appear and then literally be mute for the whole two episodes that they're actually featured in. Mm. And then on top of that, you've got the fact that the script has to accommodate for their being mute. So all the girls are doing now is narrating what you're visually seeing on screen. Yeah. So they're like, Sonic, we might need to go left. Sonic, I think he might be saying that we need to do this. I think Dr. Eggman has an evil plan up his sleeve. Oh, Sonic got an invincibility power-up. Now if he hits Dr. Robotnik, it will damage Robotnik. What I find odd is that there's so many... Tiny references like Congo Bongo, things like that. In fact, I'll come to one in a second that's very specific, but there's so many very specific Sega hardcore fan references in this series mm. that the fact that they felt they had to explain what invincibility is and does seems a bit odd. Mm. It's like, who's watching this and going, I don't know anything about Sonic? Mm. You know, surely if you know anything about Sega, you must know something about Sonic. Sonic. You know what invincibility yeah. is. There's no, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's no blending of the soundtrack. It literally, in the space of in the space of one scene, will just cut to a different to song. Eighteen different songs in one scene. <laughs> yeah. So, and what was weird is some of the song choices they made. So when Sonic's there, it was kind of the most obvious that there was a. Difference in styles. It starts off when Sonic first appears playing Super Sonic Racing yeah. from Sonic R by Richard Jakes, and it's the instrumental version, there's no lyrics. So you start off with this kind of Euro House techno stuff, and then it jumps into Sonic 2006 music, mm-hmm. which don't get me wrong, the music from Sonic 2006 is the best thing about Sonic 2006, it's incredible. But it's just such a change in style to like this dark, moody, semi rock orchestral. Yeah. That it, it kind of throws that scene, when certainly when it's not blended in, it literally just harsh cuts from one to the next. All the same, I still enjoyed it. A very odd choice that I'm going to say is there was... When I talk about really rare references, this is one that, again, only about 30 people in the world will probably bloody get. In the first episode, in the pilot, Mega Drive says that she can play the school's theme mm. to the other girls. That theme just so happens to be... Sega! Which is yeah. great. Great little in joke. Yeah, the, the very famous opening thing of most Sega games. Yep. Sega! Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. And to play it, she picks up this blue boombox mm. and plays it on there. Now, that blue boombox is something very specific that isn't really referenced by the show, and it really didn't need to be there. And I don't. But again, it's the whole thing of where they've done so much research and there's so many little fan details. See, that boombox is a, an Iowa boombox known as a CSD-G1M. I don't know why that's in my memory, but I know that that's I am, the model number. I am on the edge of my seat I know. listening to this. exactly. So this boombox is a blue variant of a standard Iowa boombox, but on the bottom it has a Mega Drive cartridge slot, and the CD player at the top doubles as a Mega CD. So it's a Sega Iowa boombox. And they had that in the show. They, now that I believe was a limited run of only about two hundred of those ever made. I own one. That's how I know it exists. It's freaking rare, and mine's not in good condition. But at the same time, it's like I looked. I was like, I did not expect to see that in a show that's meant to be. I would, you would imagine the whole point of making this show is to advertise Sega and the brand to a wide audience. Even in bad condition, I bet that's worth a few bob. Oh yeah, maybe enough to fund a movie. No, I don't think it's worth enough to fund a movie. But yeah, I don't know if it's worth that much. it would be worth at least a grand, probably. Got six of them, so <laughs> I've only got the one. <laughs> Jesus! Um, I mean, let's let's just let's be clear. This isn't a good show, is Ooh. it? No, come on, come on. What's wrong Search with the show? Feeling. What's wrong with the show? So yes, it's good for the references. Yep. But let's be honest, it's not a good show. It's not a complete narrative. There is no emotional weight to it whatsoever. The end episode is really upsetting. Is it? Because we were laughing all the way through it, Rory. (laughs) Didn't have to tell the audience that you could have pretended that that we laughed. That we laughed at the little girls dying. (laughs) Oh God! That we're monsters. They're gonna find out eventually, Rory. Well, yeah. I mean, I only love because I've seen it before. I might have wept when I first watched it. You don't know. Did you? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> but no, I mean, this is like unless you are a hardcore I, Sega yeah. nerd, I don't think you'd get any value from watching this. Yeah, I. Mm, I. I hate to admit it because I. I would love for this show to be something so incredible that everyone should have to watch it. But it's just not. No. There's things in it I like. There's things in it that I think other people might like. Mm. But it's just far too niche. Yeah, oh, it's so niche. It's not just it's so niche that Sega fans would like it. It's so niche most Sega fans don't know of it. Nor care. It's... Like, it's a high, You've got to be a hyper-niche Sega nerd, like me, in order to even know what this show is, I, let alone would, buy into it. I would love to know what the people who made this show were smoking. I want to know who funded it, because, like... No it, one with the looks of it. <laughs> some bloke in his bedroom, probably. But, yeah, it blows my mind that at some point, somebody went to Sega and went, right, I've got this idea. Hmm. I want to take three of your most popular consoles, or three of your most well-known consoles, at least, if not popular. um, Infamous consoles. And I want to turn them into girls that go to a university. And throughout Japan. Yeah, and they're going to go into different Sega games. and... And we actually forgot to say an important key part of the plot, which is although they are tiny little chibi girls in their world, when they go into the video games, they morph into older, taller... Yes. Dare I say sexier versions. You dare say sexier, you did dare say sexier. Which is another market for this, uh, Any, well, this I, show. I think... pedos. <laughs> oh, God. As, as to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> as all Japanese animes are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the <laughs> fact that it's always schoolgirls as well. Always schoolgirls. Yeah, it's like, but, oh, it's let's do, draw the hot schoolgirls. If you were to say that in this country... Or any country with a bit more decency, they'd put you in prison. <laughs> I just need to draw some hard school girls. Hold on a minute. <laughs> it's just, I mean, let's... Because this episode is running a bit short, so let's pad it a bit. <laughs> Let, let's talk about if we were to do something like this for other, other games. Yeah, girls. that's a cool thing to go with. So we know that this is a series based on hardware. And it's also very niche and specific. Mm. So you'd need to do the same with anything else you bring in. And I actually think, as I stated at the beginning as a joke, a Nintendo Hard Girls would probably work just as well. Mm. Because there is a... it probably work better, actually. Not because Nintendo is better than Sega. (laughs) Far from it. But because Nintendo fans have more thirsty and strangely obsessive Nintendo fans. I mean, Nintendo fans are like a cult. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever made the mistake of even daring to suggest to one that there might be a bad Super Mario game? They um, get very angry. Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of where I was going with it. They just don't accept it, though. If you say, like, for example, if someone was to come up to a Sega fan and say there's terrible Sonic games out there... Of course yeah, there are, half they, of them! <laughs> yeah, certainly anything new. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. And they'd name you the few that are worth your time. Mm. If you go to a Nintendo fan and dare say that, I don't know, Wii Tennis was naff, Mm. they'll chew your head off. See you after the break. The benefit with Sega Hard Girls, I think, was that they took pot shots at Sega and Sega franchises. There were certainly no sacred cows in yeah. there. They referenced uh, that Mega Drive didn't have enough power. They referenced things like... you know, The, the dial-up. The, yeah, the dial-up modem for the Dreamcast and how sloppy and slow that was, for, even for the time. So, But if you were to do a Nintendo Hard Girls and you were to talk about Nintendo 64 and say that they can conf- like they can't control anything cuz they're just super confusing which is a reference a joke reference to the controller mm. Nintendo fans would chew your head off yeah so i think they should do a series with all of them and what Nintendo, Sony, and all X- of Xbox, Atari. Sega, all of it. Okay. Arcade machines <laughs> and PS2 should be represented as an early noughties Edge Lord in a leather trench coat. That would be perfect. And some, basically, Neo from the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and they should do a um, a plot line where 360. Gets a terrible disease known as the red ring of death <laughs> and he's going to die. In fact, it should be like, was it a TB, TB check? With and the there, six there's little six dots, dots. yeah, i have got this red ring. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i made that dirty in my head oh red you ring. filthy boy <laughs> i shade ate a chili and now i have a red ring uh... <laughs> um <laughs> no uh <laughs> off topic i think that'd be quite cool because i think you'd have a a dynamic where the modern consoles would all be these lordy consoles who are like we're for adults we're not for babies like nintendo and sega yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Who mean, was it we said was going to be the dude, bro? PS Five. PS Five, dude, dude bro. bro. Well, no, no, PS Five shouldn't be in the show because no. no one can get one. Whey! <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm smart, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to tell you more about the development, the production of Sega Hard Girls, how it came to be. I'll give you the bits that I have, mm. but there's really nothing out there. Like, in terms of backstory. Yeah. Are we sure that this wasn't just... Because you mentioned while we were watching it that it looks like the quality of a fan video. Yes. Are we sure this isn't just one bloke in his mum's basement in Japan? But, I mean, it's an official product. Is it? Yeah. It's an official Sega product. God damn Sega. So, I have no doubt it started off the way you suggest. Mm. From what I've gathered, and I still can't find any development information or anything like that, Sega Hard Girls materialised as a brand... In 2013, with a series of visual novels, basically Mm. comics. So there was a few comics that had Mega Drive, Dreamcast, Saturn. And then in 2014, there was the move to do high school Seiha Girls, which is the anime, which is what we're discussing now. That obviously also had a very restricted budget, Mm -hmm. and that shows in the show. It was enough to, you know, get a a, a sort of more visual medium going or a more active medium going. Then there was a video game with... It's called Super Dimension Neptune versus Sega Hard Girls. Right. Which is on the PlayStation Vita, which I don't own a PlayStation Vita. and Nobody owns a PlayStation Vita. <laughs> if anyone has a PlayStation Vita and a copy of that game, please send, I would be your friend. That's the only reason I'd get one at this point, is to go, what the hell is this game? Mm. As far as any more development or backstory, the only thing I've got is that, according to... The Sega Hard Girls fan community in Discord, and I'll come to that in a second before you make a comment. The animation uses apparently an engine for a dance video. You know, you got like, is it Haruka? You get those CGI Japanese idols, Mm. and they basically sing songs and stuff like that, but they're actually just CGI girls. Mm. It was, I think it's that engine. So they've basically taken that engine, which is designed for video content. And they've had to import and create their own assets for things like Gilius Thunderhead and the girls so yeah now you've got this series with but it's built on a on a dance video engine it's not based, built in its own engine or it's not true. and it's definitely not built to a Pixar level let's say that it's not be- developed to you know on on I want to say professional animation software but I'm guessing if it's used for dance engines this must be professional video uh, video animation software there's not their own proprietary yeah. animation is what I'm getting at I would just love to know more. Like, seriously, if anyone knows the creator of this and they would like to explain to us what the fuck they were thinking... Yeah, it's... Like, do you reckon... Right, I don't mean to lower the tone here, but I'm going to. (laughs) Do you reckon this is, like, the, the twisted fantasy of some, like, balding, fat, perpetual virgin who loves his Sega console so much... That he wants to fuck them? Do you think he, like, stands over his Sega Saturn, stroking his dick, and being like, Oh, Saturn! You mean stroking oh. his twin sticks? Twin sticks, yes. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, this is such a weird show! It is, it's a weird idea. The girls are very hypersexualized. There's a couple of times where Dreamcast almost... Well, there is a couple of times where Dreamcast suggests, and overtly suggests, potential lesbian interest. Mm. In Mega Drive and Saturn. Yeah, and Saturn is always getting out. Like Saturn ends up in a bikini for one episode for yep. no reason. Yeah, yeah. Just They're because. always trying to convince her to engage in spillage. Yep, yep. Which as we discussed before, a spillage. i this guy's got a Saturn that no longer works because the internal <laughs> oh, mechanism no, 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 is filled it. with. For the sort of people who like that sort of thing, that's the sort of thing they like. No, mate, mate, you can't, don't, you you can say come on a podcast, oh, but I don't want you to, I I used to, (laughs) I used to listen to a podcast called Guys With Fucked, where they talked about, Guys With Fudge, Guys With Fucked, oh, it was a, I prefer Guys With Fudge, it was a sex positive podcast hosted by these two comedians, Mm, and how Uh, positive were they? They slagged a lot of the guys off, but that was the guy's fault for that's being not, bad in bed. It's not very positive, is it? Um, <laughs> it's not sex positive. That's sex negative. <laughs> that's terrible. Anyway, let's get off your weird man-grope obsession. I'm just saying it's, <laughs> it's 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 the only explanation is that this is a mixture of that and a and some form of drug. Well, with some Some drugs, were involved in the creation of this show. Yeah. So when looking up the background of this information again, there wasn't much. However, when it came, it didn't have anything specific about audience for the anime. But with the light, like the visual novels, it suggested the audience was male. No. I know. No. An all-girl show and it's directed for men. I don't. I don't understand how that works. I mean, would you watch Barbie? I don't understand. Margot Robbie's playing Barbie in the new film. So, uh, yeah. There's a Barbie movie being made. They're making a Barbie movie with her and Ryan Gosling in it. Let's get back on top and discuss the intense story of Sega Hard Girls. Is, is there anything we haven't covered yet? We haven't mentioned particular events, but it's kind of hard because the difficulty with mentioning events in this series is unlike what we've done prior with films. Like mm. Stay Alive was a pretty turd movie. Mm. And it had ridiculous things happen in it. Yeah. But at the very least, you knew it was getting from A to B. Yeah. So those things, as ridiculous as they were, or sometimes nonsensical, you could mock them and then move on to the rest of the story. Sega Hard Girls, obviously, being that it's a series of 13 episodes and a special... The stories don't necessarily directly correlate. Obviously, there's a slow build-up of them earning medals to graduate, but overall, the stories don't knock on from one to the next. But also, what happens in... like Even if you just take one episode, anything that happens in that episode makes no sense either. No, nearly every episode would get to the end credits, and I would just sit there and go, What? Yeah, every time it hit the credits, you were going, What? You weren't sitting there going, like, there was no revelationary moment where you're like, oh, I get it, or Mm. this makes, oh, that's clever, or no, it was always, what? Every time. It is a batshit crazy series, but not in a good way. Oh, I got a lot out of it, though. Oh, no. I enjoyed I, it. I think we're split on this one, I, man. I have to say, I, I'll tell you why I enjoyed it, though. I agree with you, it's not something I'd recommend. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it because I love looking for references and stuff. I did so with the Super Mario Brothers movie, even though Mario isn't particularly my jam. There was an awful lot of stuff that was referenced in that film. This is very much like that, mm. but if not more so, it's absolutely ram-packed full of Sega stuff. And for me, as a Sega fan, I love that. And I think that might be where some of the Discord chat comes from. Now, I've mentioned just earlier about the uh, fan Discord server for this series. If I remember correctly, it has 26 members. 26. For the whole world. For the whole world. And it's not even just... It's called Jaden's Sega Hard Girls Discord. Who is Jaden? Jaden is the guy who made the server, obviously. And he's, is he also the guy who made the show? No. Um, no, he's a big fanboy, um, an American... Like, and pretty much everyone I know who knows this is American. I think I'm still, again, the only Brit in this bloody thing. Yeah. Just like I am in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Viva le Breton! Exactly. Keeping the British end up. That was a James Bond quote. I got it. I got it. So, yeah, there's a, there's a fan server of 26 people... And that's as far as the fan community has gotten. I mean, to be fair, still having 26 fans for a show that ended, what, seven years ago? Yeah. Well, I won't say they're all active. Is this just Jaden talking to himself? (laughs) No, Jaden's talking to me. Jaden was silent until I came along, I think. (laughs) so no there's a few people that talk in there i am exaggerating for comedic effect mm. there are about three or four maybe five people that come up every now and then and actually say stuff specifically there's they had planned to translate the 14th episode so for anyone who doesn't know which is everyone the american blu-ray and dvd because it's a one set they have the 13 episodes of the series fully translated But there is a 14th episode, Mm. which is a special made about a year or two later, that was released only on the Japanese DVDs. So there's no translation for Mm. it. So this community have this untranslated episode, and they've been saying for a while that they'll translate it. Now, bear in mind that the series is seven years old. Let's just say that the community is half the age of that. It's about three and a half years in three and a half years, the episode is still untranslated until one one and a half months ago when I translated it Now, my translation isn 't perfect. my translation was done using Microsoft Translate because i don 't speak Japanese, so I put some Why effort not into this Racist? no it 's just i don 't know Japanese. <laughs> There's an episode which is now translated. Essentially, the translation I've done is the closest to an official translation there is. Mm. (laughs) I don't know why I put this much effort into things. Why do I do this to myself? Super Mario Bros. the movie, I I did the 4K trailer... And I've done restorations and stuff, and I've looked at all the deleted scenes. and have done loads of videos, and I did work for the SMB Movie Archive. And now with this, I've done a translation of the yeah. whole thing for twenty six people. It, it, it makes it's... me sad. I'm not going to lie, because <laughs> there's so much useful stuff you could do with, like setting up a business or something like that. I'm doing that. And uh, this is what this is. And instead, you were. Uh... I translate, and Sega, translate hard girls. Sega Hard Girls. No, there and was one episode. Super Mario scenes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the one restoring the scenes. Were you doing I'm... a? Uh, Were you doing a 4K restoration of Games Master as well at one point? Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've... Who's that for, Rory? That's for Games Master. Mr. Games Master, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Dominic hey, Diamond you know actually what? commented on that. Dominic so Diamond, the host. Everybody knows who Dominic Diamond is. Everybody knows what. Diamond. I have no clue, Dominic Diamond. Dominic Diamond is. was the host for all but one season of Games Master, and I must have seen the one season without him then, because I don't what, know. What the one, one with Dexter Fletcher? I don't know. I was either well, like Dexter Fletcher or Dominic Diamond? How would I know? I was about four when I watched Game Master. I, a mem- a I remember dialogue. exactly two things from Game Master: yep. that they had a pit. And Patrick Moore was a big floaty head. Yes. And that's now in the new series. Trevor McDonald. Yes. Have we exhausted the topic of Sega Hard Girls? No, we must continue. Are you you shitting me? I am shitting you. I don't think there's much more to say. Because we've got about ten minutes left. What would you do if you were given the reins from Sega Mm. to make a Sega Hard Girls-esque show? Right. Don't have to make it exactly like this, obviously. That's the point. What would you do... Trying to generate a series for fans based on Sega's hardware. So I would take the budget they gave me, mm-hmm. and I'd flee to Mexico, <laughs> and I'd leave them a note saying this. This is why Nintendo beat you. Dumb decisions like this, Sega. Why? Why? Literally, I, I, I don't think you can make this work. To be honest, the only thing I would say is... Okay, let's assume that there is a market for a show about anthropomorphized video game consoles. Yep. Um, I would say that you need a plot. First of all, it needs a budget. That's one of the things. Like, yep. this is, it's too ugly, and like we said, there's the problem with Sonic not talking, things like that. So you need no. No one's going to watch it. It needs yeah. voice acting, and it needs a through plot. You need a villain... You obviously do some sort of clear Nintendo parody, like rename it Bintendo or something. Okay. And it's like an evil Mario, or a warrior, if you will. That's cool. Um, who's like some fat businessman who's like, oh, Sega, we will take you out of business because we have Pokemon and everyone loves Pokemon. And you're just like, well, that's cool. We got Sonic the Hedgehog. And um, people are like, nobody likes Sonic anymore. They like Pikachu. Obviously, you have to change Pikachu's name as well. <laughs> they like but Pikachu. Pikachu. But do but you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It needs a villain, and it needs a through storyline. I made Pikachu Irish when we used to play Super Smash Brothers Melee. Right. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I remember now. When we first started playing Smash Brothers Melee, I always used to play as Captain Falcon on the N64 mm-hmm. version, but you have to unlock him. So I was like, we wanted to play a multiplier straight away, so I was like, oh, I'm, I don't know who to pick. And I went to Pikachu, and one of his hat changes... It made he he gave him a green trucker cap, mm. and for some no red a trucker Luigi, cap, uh, Mario cap you mean? No, no red trucker cap like well. Ashes from Pokemon. Okay, and for some reason I just shouted Pikachu coming back at you live, <laughs> <Good laughs> and yeah. that stuck. Yeah, and I don't think I'd be allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> no, but you just did on <laughs> no. the internet. Back to Sega Hard. Okay. yes. apologies if any do. of that was was in any way inappropriate. Here's what I would do. Create your clear Nintendo rip-off bad guy, Bintender, and have them kidnap famous Sega game characters like Sonic the Hedgehog, Alex Kidd, Echo the Dolphin, Shinobi. And the Sega Hard Girls have to journey to each game and free the character. That'd be cool. Almost like how Sonic, at the end of every level, breaks open the capsule to release the animals. Yeah, sure. That sort of thing. And then your final episode, you have a big Avengers Endgame moment where all the Sega characters turn up to help the Sega Ard girls beat Nintendo. That's actually not bad. I mean, it's, it's no worse than what we got. Yeah, um, what would you do? Quite honestly... Uh... In terms of how you get it past copyright, obviously you can satirise people like Nintendo all day long, mm. um, so long as you don't actually touch on their copyright. But I think Sega might find that a bit too disagreeable to Greenlight. Because well, so, don't they publish for Nintendo now? They do now, yeah. So making something which basically goes, look, Nintendo's the big evil bad, lol, might put Wait, Nintendo's nose pick, out. Pick on Sony if you want instead. Well, they publish Co- on Sony as Co- well. the villain they? Sonny. Yeah, Sonny and Share. But... Oh, you'd you have so many. Honestly, make it look like Sonny. He's dead. No one cares. Give him a big walrus mustache. <laughs> Give him a sidekick who's basically share. <laughs> Have them do musical numbers. <laughs> That'd be amazing. i got you, babe. The point is, I would have the villain as Eggman kidnapping other things. Because they yeah. used him as a villain in this anyway. Yeah, make Eggman relevant again. Yeah, like inst- but instead of having him as a, a one-shot character with no voice, you make him a fully voiced main character. Mm. Whether you use the official voice actor or not, just don't make him mute. Yeah. Basically, I'd probably follow the very similar line that you did. But the benefit of using Eggman instead of Bintendo or Sonny is that you can use villainous characters from your own series, basically rights-free, yeah. and develop more of a world. So instead of having yeah. like loads of references in one half and then uh, fake references to Bintendo and Sonny in the other half, yeah. it's now all legit Sega references. Yeah, you could do like a Kingdom Hearts thing where Eggman yeah. creates a cabal of evil characters, so yep. you could have like Mr. X, like a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So have like Mr. X, have... um. Deathbringer. That'd be cool. Uh, The only illogical part in that is are you telling me Mr. X and Deathbringer would legitimately take orders from a rotund fat man who can't even kill a hedgehog? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Who's the enemy in Echo the Dolphin? Fisheries. (laughs) No, no, no. Mate, have you never played Echo the Dolphin? Uh, I put it on one time, okay, and I think I played it for five minutes. It's a hard game to get into. Before deciding, it was the worst thing that had ever been invented ever. So you you missed the whole point of that game, which is it. It is a ball game. Oh, I, I couldn't get off the first screen. No, no, it's not my type of game either. But essentially, if you play through it with a guide you'd probably get a lot more fun because heart, basically all of that game is figuring out puzzles mm. and going the wrong bloody direction every five minutes and then until you figure out the correct action which I find annoying I don't, I don't like being lost so it doesn't really appeal to me but there are people that have obviously done that the final boss of Echo is an alien what? and it's a big ass alien as well yeah, the very finale of the first Echo of the Dolphin, you go into, like, basically, as you go along, you sink deeper and deeper into the depths. Yeah. And then when you get to the bottom, it, essentially the background disappears into black because they're having to do sprite scaling with the background layer in order to make this work. And then there's a head, an alien head, like the alien from Alien, a big feck-off alien head, like that's 17 to 20 times bigger than you are. Jesus. That comes out and tries to eat you from the darkness. And you've got to fight it. right. And I've never gotten that far. I've seen footage of it. It's it. I mean, if I'd gotten to there when I was a kid, it would have legit creeped me out. Why are there aliens in Echo the Dolphins? Because that was the point. There's, wow. an, there's an alien ship that lands at the bottom of the sea, and that's why the, the sea's equilibrium you know, is out. Sega did like to make disturbing-ass games. I, I know yep. we've got to wrap up here, but let me just throw out a little game here, see if you knew this one. Did you know that there is a Sega game in which you play as a man... Who has had his body dissolved into a pile of goop? Yes, the ooze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How? Again, I asked the question how? Why? Why did that? Who thought? Who was like, you know it would be great? A game where you play as a puddle. In the early to mid 90s, though, that kind of. Edge was always allowed. I mean, you think there it's was... a super hard game, I've never finished it. Oh, with. yeah, yeah. There was a, a children's TV show called The World of Alex Mack, or The Secret World of Alex Mack, mm. which was a very early 90s kids' show. About a girl who turns into a puddle of goo. A, uh, a girl who turns into a puddle of goo. Yeah, and she—that's her superpower basically. She got like covered in like some sort of uh, toxic sludge. Toxic sludge. Thank you for not making that day. And turns <laughs> and becomes basically can become toxic sludge herself. Is this Gwyneth no, Paltrow? No, I don't think so. Cause I, Are you sure, goop. Oh god, <laughs> I think. Get it? No, I think the company's call, called Goop. Final thoughts. Then, if you could recommend this, would you recommend this to anyone? Mm, only the hardest of hardcore Sega nerds. Okay, I think... and and lonely men who live in their mom's basements. <laughs> but even then, I'd recommend like high school DXD over that instead. That's better for uh... for cracking material. Crack? Yes, yeah. cracking material. There you go. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. You almost put your arm around me when you. When you were you were so impressed with cracking material. I was like, my boy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I am He's proud of you, my boy. Um so yeah I un- ironically as much as I enjoyed the show and you didn't I would say exactly the same you have to enjoy it on the level that I do otherwise you won't enjoy it I just don't think there's enough in it to pull a mainstream audience I agree which is a shame because this is this it is my this is my church <laughs> this is where I heal my hurts Thank you very much for joining us please subscribe to us either on Apple Music Spotify Google Music, Podbean. We're basically everywhere. Please do keep tuned to our show. We do this every single week. It will come out at 5pm GMT. And next week's episode, we're going to do your suggestion, Jamie. 2007's Postal. Whoa, 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 Michael. I suggested Uwe Ball. I did not suggest Postal. Well... uh... And that's only because... We have about 12 UV Ball films to get through during the course of this show. I was show. hoping we could we need survive to, longer. And we need to spread them out, because i got to tell you, if you made me watch them all in one go, legitimately think I'd die. I think I would die as well, actually, to mm. be fair. And that's why you should subscribe, because you need to see how long it takes for us to snap doing this. I don't think it would be too long. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> we'll catch you all next time. Please subscribe and follow us, and we'll see you then. Say bye, Jamie. Goodbye, Jamie. Bye, Rory. Game over, yeah!